September 2015, West Dumbartonshire, Scotland. Dr. Kenneth Brovey and his team of archaeology students dug into the soft soil of a hill overlooking Clyde Valley. Though they had the University of Glasgow's vast resources at their disposal, they used simple hand tools. They were digging for a delicate artifact, and they didn't want it damaged. Photographer Ferdinand Saumarez-Smith readied his digital scanning equipment. He hoped they were in the right spot and weren't just chasing a legend. Abruptly, the digging stopped. They'd struck something hard. Using their hands, Brovey and his students brushed away the wet dirt to reveal an enormous stone. There, etched into the rock, was a shallow divot surrounded by concentric circular grooves. They'd found it, the 5,000-year-old Cockno Stone. Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm your host, Molly. And I'm your host, Richard. In life, there's so much we don't know, but in this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is a special one-part episode on the Cockno Stone, a 1,000-square-foot slab of rock found outside Glasgow, Scotland. The stone is covered in ancient prehistoric carvings, which experts estimate date back to the Bronze Age. Today, we'll discuss the strange history of the stone's discovery and preservation. We'll then investigate the meaning behind its cryptic symbols. And in doing so, maybe we'll unlock a prehistoric door into the land of myth and magic. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new Moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money Maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. 1885 Scotland. The Reverend James Harvey trudged up a hill six miles north of Glasgow. As he did, a smooth stone encased in dirt caught his eye. 
Something about it looked off. Harvey bent down to examine the slab of rock embedded in the hillside. When he cleared vegetation off its surface, he found mysterious carvings covering the stone's face. Each etching was a pockmark about the size of a small cup, the size of what you might find on a golf green, surrounded by concentric circles and lines. Though worn down by time, the grooves were distinctive. Harvey took out a notebook and began sketching. He counted more than 20 different carvings of various sizes. The uncovered stone was large, about 30 square feet. However, he suspected he'd only found the tip of the iceberg. Beneath the greenery, many more symbols likely lay waiting to be discovered. But Harvey lacked the equipment to dig up the ancient relic himself. So he brought his sketches to the archaeologists in Glasgow, and they shocked the archaeological community. Though locals had apparently known about the stone for some time, the academic community had no idea it existed. In 1896, archaeologist John Bruce launched a full investigation of the boulder and its mysterious origins. In the years since Harvey's discovery, the soil and greenery obscuring the stone had receded. Instead of a 30-square-foot slab, the rock now measured 1,000 square feet, and it was covered with ancient markings. In addition to the cups and rings, there were other strange symbols, including what appeared to be a cross and two pairs of human footprints, with only four toes each. Archaeologists began referring to it as the Cockno Stone. Now the origin of the name is unknown. Some have suggested Cockno refers to the name of a nearby farm in Dumbartonshire. Others believe it could be a diminutive version of the Scottish word Coaconic, meaning place of little cups. Regardless, Bruce theorized ancient humans carved the Cockno Stone as far back as 3000 BCE, either in the late Neolithic or early Bronze Age. He drew this conclusion based on its similarities to other relics. Ancient humans had carved similar markings throughout the British Isles and mainland Europe. Part of what made the Cockno Stone so unique, however, was its scale. It measured about 42 by 26 feet, larger than the average home in the United Kingdom. But its size came at a price. The rock couldn't be excavated and transported to a museum safely, so it remained in the hillside. And for decades, research into the origin and purpose of the Cockno Stone came to a grinding halt. Until near the end of the Second World War, the site evolved from a local oddity to a popular tourist destination, a shift that nearly destroyed it. In 1937, a prehistoric dig broke ground in the town of Clydebank, led by a man named Ludovic McClellan Mann, who had an unusual background. A successful insurance broker with a deep passion for Scotland's history, Mann had little experience excavating historical sites, but he had plenty of experience attracting media attention. So while mocked as a hobbyist by his academic peers, his unorthodox ways shed considerable light on his projects and earned him legions of fans. And his work with the Cockno Stone was similarly controversial. In the summer of 1937, he painted the Cockno Stone. 
Mann drew a grid of lines radiating out from what he deemed the center of the rock. Using blue, green, white, red, and yellow oil paint, he highlighted the patterns in hopes it would reveal their meaning. The effect was certainly impactful, but Mann's actions received considerable backlash. One anonymous writer considered Mann's efforts potentially damaging to a valuable cultural artifact. They described his work as a confusion of pseudo-astronomical articulation of lines. And they weren't alone in their views. Many others weren't happy with Mann's actions, especially those locals who wanted the rock to maintain a low public profile. No one more than Walter Kinlock. The Cocknose Stone rested on Kinlock's property line. Half the rock sat on his land, the other half was on land owned by the government. Enraged by all of the tourists now tramping on his property, Kinlock sent a letter to the local officials complaining about man's recent artwork. For the next few decades, an argument raged over what can and should be done. The stone was now a popular attraction, but it also held considerable cultural value. And man's paint wasn't the only form of vandalism happening. Several visitors drew graffiti on the stone. Some scratched their initials into the soft rock. And aside from these more direct abuses, the footsteps of hundreds of tourists walking on the surface was now wearing the soft sandstone and obscuring some of the carvings. The local town council built a stone wall to ensure visitors kept a safe distance, but it didn't seem to help. The Ancient Monuments Board of Scotland found themselves in a quandary. They couldn't make a visitor center on private property, and they didn't have the money to build a proper enclosure for the stone. They had a choice, continue to let tourists visit and deface the rock, or put it somewhere beyond their reach. So in 1965, to save the stone, they decided to rebury it. Archaeologists from the University of Glasgow covered the Cocknose Stone with soil. But as it faded from view, the iconic landmark also faded from memory. And it seemed like the Cocknose Stone might be forgotten forever. Coming up, the Cocknose Stone gets a second life. You discover their practices, seek their advice, and let yourself become more vulnerable than ever before. They have the ability to heal what the doctors can't, or so they say. Hi listeners, it's Vanessa from the ParCast series Cults. Be sure to check out our four-part special on miracle healers airing right now. Meet figures from around the world who claimed powers and pushed remedies, but harbored more sinister intentions. You don't want to miss it. And if you're looking for more episodes on the most radical and deadly groups in history, tune in to Cults every Tuesday. From Jim Jones and the People's Temple, to Charles Manson and the Manson family, to Keith Raniere and Nexium, you'll uncover the unscrupulous methods used to turn bright-eyed recruits into die-hard believers. Follow the Spotify original from ParCast, Cults, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. eBay Motors is here for the ride. 
With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. And now, back to the story. Located in Greater Glasgow, Scotland, the Cockno Stone is an ancient sandstone boulder covered in prehistoric carvings. To combat graffiti and damage by tourists, officials reburied the stone in 1965. And it stayed there for decades, hidden from the modern world. In fact, in time, some Scots even adopted the belief that the Cockno Stone was nothing more than an urban legend. Of course, archaeologists still knew its location. So even as the stone faded into a bit of obscurity, its prehistoric markings continued to puzzle experts. And in the 21st century, word of the symbols eventually reached a Spanish foundation called Factum Arte, dedicated to electronically archiving historical artifacts. They'd recently made digital scans of the tomb of Tutankhamun, now they had their eyes on West Dunbartonshire. Led by Ferdinand Salmarez Smith, Factum Arte believed they could use 3D scanning technology to recreate the rock face. This way, it would be preserved for further study should any more unnecessary damage occur. In 2015, Smith reached out to Dr. Kenny Brovey, a prehistorian and senior lecturer at the University of Glasgow. Smith asked Brovey to lead the latest excavation of the Cockno, and Brovey readily accepted. With limited funds, Brovey arrived at the supposed location of one of Scotland's oldest relics and began digging. And he and his team found what they were looking for remarkably fast. Brovey had been told the Cockno stone was buried under a meter of soil but his team barely dug half a meter down before uncovering the sandstone slab. After three days of excavation, their funding ran out. They'd only exposed roughly 5% of the rock, but luckily they had a plan. They meticulously photographed and documented their work, hoping to secure a grant for a full-scale excavation. They even made a short film to promote the dig and started fundraising immediately. Time was of the essence. They wanted to digitally preserve the stone face before it became any more faded. Thankfully, after less than a year, the team raised the funding needed to launch their project. And in September 2016, the real work began. For seven days, Brovi's team labored tirelessly to unearth the massive stone. But when they finally finished, they had made history again. They had exposed the entirety of the ancient Cockno carvings to the air for the first time in half a century. The dig consisted of three phases. First, they removed the topsoil and transported it safely off-site. Second, they gently cleaned the stone with hand tools to preserve the soft sandstone. And finally, the local fire department carefully blasted the surface with water, clearing the last lingering pockets of mud out of the grooves. The process was not as straightforward as it may sound. 
When archaeologists had buried the stone in 1965, they knocked down its protective rock wall. So Brovi and his team needed to clear the rubble away before documenting any of the carvings. And Ludovic Mann's paint still clung to the rock over 70 years later. But with the Cockno stone clean and uncovered, Ferdinand Salmarez Smith and his team at Factum Arte set to work. Using cameras, drones, and scanners, they meticulously documented all 1,000 square feet. Once complete, they buried the Cockno stone once more. Unlike the 1965 burial, they made sure to use more careful preservation techniques. They packed dirt in a manner that would protect the stone from the elements, but would also allow others to easily uncover it again, should the need arise. The Factum crew then archived their footage for future analysis. It's now uploaded to their website, where anyone can examine the stone today. After the dig, Dr. Brophy went on a speaking tour to promote discussion and analysis of ancient monuments. He even commissioned a comic book aimed at educating children about the Cogno Stone and its many mysteries. In fact, he continues to teach kids about the stone today. In the hopes of drawing a connection to the past, he travels to schools having kids draw the markings in chalk while asking them to imagine what they could mean. And he calls these artworks chalk nose stones. And thanks to Dr. Brovi's dedication, the debate calling for more stringent preservation of the ancient relics made it to Scottish Parliament in February 2020. As of this recording, Brovi's goal is to one day uncover the sandstone again, declare it a cultural heritage site, and set up a visitor center. With proper funding and research, scientists like Brovi hope they can not only preserve the stone, but unlock its secrets as well. As we mentioned, experts believe that ancient humans carved the Cogno stone sometime around 3000 BCE. But ever since its discovery, it has occasionally been referred to as the Druid Stone. This name implies that the stone may have some relationship to the Druids, a high-ranking class of ancient Celts. Most records of the Druids and their customs have not survived, but historians believe they worshipped multiple gods and that their religious ceremonies corresponded with the changing of the seasons. That said, the Celts who colonized Scotland didn't arrive until 1000 BCE, at least 2,000 years after experts believe the symbols were carved. So the Druid Stone is a highly misleading name. And unfortunately, we know little about the Celts and even less about the people who lived in Scotland before them. We don't even know what they called themselves, and we especially don't know why they created the Cockno Stone. The oldest known rock art in the world predominantly consists of images meant to tell stories. For example, depiction of early humans hunting animals or performing rituals. Some of the most famous ancient artwork in Scotland is on display in the caves under Macduff's castle in Fife. They feature carvings of humans, animals, and even a Scottish ship. And this type of artwork isn't unique to Europe. Ancient Egyptians first created hieroglyphs around the same time as the Cockno Stone, which included identifiable images of animals or the natural world. 
But none of the Cockno Stones symbols are clearly indicative of anything tangible, which has made them the subject of considerable debate. Some researchers have found similar etchings in rocks near ancient burial sites, leading them to suspect that they could be linked to some kind of ritual. They've even suggested ancient Scots filled the holes with animal fat before setting it aflame, adding lighting and gravitas to funeral ceremonies. Some pockmarks are big enough to hold objects as large as a fist. Perhaps these held items which memorialized the dead. Unfortunately, the Cocknose Stone isn't located near any ancient burial grounds, which casts doubt on this theory. But that said, crosses and angels, both symbols of Christianity, appear in churches as well as graveyards. Maybe the circles represented the cyclical nature of life, and that's why they would adorn tombs as well as the Cocknose Stone. Perhaps the stone was sacred to childbirth, ancient versions of weddings, or other culturally significant celebrations. While any of these answers could be true, there's no definitive evidence to prove the symbols were ever religious in nature. And apparently, it's all too common for archaeologists to attribute what they don't understand to ancient religions. In fact, a popular meme in online archaeology circles reads, if we don't understand it, it must be ritual. Of course, that's as good a guess as any. But it's worth considering whether the cup and ring markings aren't as abstract as they appear. Perhaps they represented something much more literal. Maybe they acted as a map of the cosmos. Coming up, God's battle to control the sky. Now back to the story. The Cockno Stone is the largest surviving example of Neolithic cup and ring markings. To this day, historians and scholars aren't sure of their meaning or what purpose they served ancient culture. But the Cockno Stone has been hailed as unique because there are other symbols besides cups and rings. As we mentioned, archaeologists have found what look like two four-toed human footprints, as well as a cross. Initially, this was exciting. Some suspected the footprints could be evidence of early, less evolved hominids with only four toes, possibly even an undiscovered species that just so happened to be roaming about ancient Scotland, carving sandstones. But these theories have since been put to rest. The feet and the cross are most likely the result of vandalism that occurred during the mid-1800s. Though deceptive, they're essentially no different than the graffiti spray-painted by tourists in the 60s. Which left researchers with the cups and rings, abstract symbols that have been found carved into other rock faces across Scotland. In fact, similar etchings were found in present-day Brodick on an island a few miles off the coast. Now, you'll remember the Cockno Stone is situated in such a position that it has an excellent view of Clyde Valley to its south. Similarly, the Brodick Rock is located on a stretch of land that boasts excellent views. This has caused some scholars to suggest the markings could have been incredibly literal. They could have been maps. If an early human was trying to orient themselves in a heavily wooded valley, they would need a reference point and the Cockno Stone could have been the prehistoric version of a modern-day 
You are here sign. For example, the cups scattered about the rock face could have indicated locations of villages or other culturally significant sites. The circles then could denote boundaries, perhaps showing who owned which plot of land, or they could indicate topography. Of course, the markings don't correspond with the geography of the area as it stands today. But mudslides, forest fires, and earthquakes could have changed the landscape. And in the same way we don't know how the landscape has changed over thousands of years, we don't know how the Kokno stone itself has changed. For all we know, the carvings were once painted, and any accompanying illustrations have been lost to wind, rain, and the elements. Maybe Ludovic Mann was onto something. At the time Mann painted the Kokno stone, he believed they were much more than a map of the land. He believed they represented a rich cosmological mythology. In his notes, Mann suggested the cup markings represented the movement of celestial bodies. He claimed the concentric circles depicted planets orbiting the Earth, and the entirety of the Kokno stone told an intricate story explaining and predicting a rare phenomenon, a solar eclipse. According to Mann's legend, one day a villainous snake swallows the sun whole, causing the sky to go dark but the sun survives, and from inside the serpent's stomach, calls for help. Five planets come to the rescue, Mars, Saturn, Venus, Mercury, and Jupiter. They heroically vanquish the serpent and free the sun. Now, adder snakes are native to Scotland, and snake-like creatures do play a role in ancient Scottish mythology. However, it's important to note this particular story is entirely Ludovic Mann's invention. As far as we can tell, there are no other references to a sun god or a solar eclipse in Scottish mythology. That said, cycles of rebirth are a recurring theme in many indigenous religions and cultures, so Mann wasn't pulling his story entirely from thin air. It's at least made in the image of myths that have come before it. And many theorists believe that other famous Neolithic rocks have a connection to the cosmos. Perhaps none more notable than the legendary Stonehenge. Located in the south of England, countless theorists have suggested the mysterious rock formation was somehow arranged to correspond with the stars. Others believe Stonehenge was meant to track the sun's path through the sky. Unfortunately, there's not enough evidence to conclude that an ancient Scottish society could predict a cosmic event as complicated as a solar eclipse. So Ludovic Mann's specific theory is probably wrong, but he could very well be in the ballpark thanks to his non-traditional way of thinking. Mann replicated a mindset uncommon in modern society, one that synthesizes the imaginative and the literal. Rock art appears all over the world, even far west into the Americas. Of course, the pre-Celts and ancient Americans didn't have a close lineage, but they did share a certain outlook on the world around them. According to experts, people in antiquity didn't distinguish between the magical or the scientific. Gods and demigods were as real to them as presidents or prime ministers are to us. 
to them, the mythical and the real were as intrinsically linked as the stars and the sky. So though the cup and ring marks may seem abstract to us, their carvers undoubtedly believed they represented something very real. This may be stars, mythological beings, or both. Remember, these people are twice as far removed from us as we are from King Arthur, the Prophet Muhammad, and Jesus. Worldviews have evolved immeasurably. Similar cup and ring marks have been discovered in places as far as Greece, Italy, and Switzerland. Though mostly found in Europe, these locations all had vastly different geography. If the rocks were only maps, the style would likely differ from region to region, adapted to suit the specific features of each land. But instead, the markings are remarkably similar. So we're inclined to believe the Kokno stone's markings were related to something all humans had access to, the night sky. Given its age, size, and elevation, ancient Scots probably used the Kokno stone for many purposes, maybe even every possibility we've discussed in this episode. In fact, it's unlikely that early people would have made such a massive artwork and only used it for one purpose. The Kokno stone was probably equal parts sacred and logical. But as Scottish Parliament noted, humans have only scratched the surface of Neolithic monuments. It may take years of study to unlock the full secrets of the Kokno stone, if it ever happens. A huge part of the appeal of historical monuments like Stonehenge or the Kokno stone are their mystery. Looking at the Kokno stone, our imaginations run wild trying to find connections with our ancestors. Maybe one day, thousands of years from now, an eccentric archaeologist will find some piece of our world and spend their life trying to reach through time to relate to us. Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. We will be back next time with a new episode. For more information on the Kokno Stone amongst the many sources we used, we found Dr. Kenny Brovey's article, The Finest Set of Cup and Ring Marks in Existence, The Story of the Kokno Stone, in the Scottish Archaeological Journal, extremely helpful to our research. You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. And remember, never take we don't know for an answer. Unexplained Mysteries is a Spotify original from ParCast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Brendan Hawkins, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Matthew Teamstra, with writing assistance by Molly Quinlan and Connor Sampson. Fact-checking by Cara Mackerlein, and research by Bradley Klein. Unexplained Mysteries stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner. <laughs> <laughs>